Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the HIV podcast. Each week we focus on a person, historical event or pop culture moment linked to HIV and explore the story of what actually happened. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess. And between us, we've been working in the field of HIV for 40 years. Our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. Welcome to the HIV podcast, Sarah. Good day to you. Oh, I like it. Good morrow, good sir. How are you? I'm very well. You're right. I'm very good. Thank you. I have to tell you that I listened back to last week's episode, Amanda Blake. I've got some got some points. Do you know what? It wasn't our finest piece of work. I know that. But go on. Made me laugh so much because I really wanted to count how many times we both said why. So I think it was about 50,000. And at one point, even though we've said so many questions and we're saying why all the time. At one point, Sarah, you literally just announced, well, we're never going to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> what was the point? I know. Having built it up that we've got a big mystery on our hands. <laughs> well, I kind of loved it. Well, yeah, I wouldn't say it was our best episode, but we still learned something. Definitely, definitely did. I don't know if you saw, but Charlotte, she was my saviour. You know, I called out, I called out on Charlotte Leach to say, please tell me you remember Sharky and George. Apparently it was her sister's favourite. Yes, I did see that. She's yes. always got your back. It's nice, isn't it? I love it. Maybe everyone has my back because you don't. You're quite mean to me on the podcast. So everyone else is like, ah, oh, poor Jess. I don't think I'm mean to you. <laughs> I mean, apart from saying that your position is hanging by a thread, if you want to interpret that as mean, be my guest. It also, I don't know if you saw, kicked off a lovely discussion with some other people as well about all different kinds of amazing kids TV programs that we all have forgotten about. So if you're ever looking to just get in a lovely little chat or anything, head over to our Instagram. It's always a nice little chat going on over there. Come and get involved in the comments. I've gone in over the weekend just to, well, just to see what was happening on our social media. Be a good friend to you. Back you up in case you hadn't seen, because we do get people saying I've been cured with Dr. Whatever. Well, uh, I am forever deleting those. It's this herbal remedy I no longer have. Like, no, 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 no. Bane of my life. Yeah, I don't know how to delete them. So I just have to message you. So I'm not really making the comments, just like keeping me on my toes. 
Sarah goes in secretly, makes some ridiculous claims about how to cure HIV, and then she times how long it takes me to notice that's happened. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I went in and I saw that you'd, like I said, about the latest episode, and it said 29 comments, and I nearly had a heart attack. I was like, what's happened? Something's gone awfully wrong. And then it's like, no, it's everyone talking about Trapdoor. God, I love that programme. And Raggy Dolls. Yes, Raggy Dolls. Yes, very good. Amazing. And Will actually, Will Hampson, lovely Will Hampson, he sent a link through that was YouTube videos and it was a whole mishmash of throwback TV episodes. Oh, it had things like Zap, Sarah. Do you remember Zap, the comic book one? Yes, this is excellent. Let's do a kids TV. We did. Keep up with what we actually have done, Sarah. I mean, come on, be involved. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, it would be amazing. Yeah, no, I saw all of that. Excellent. Excellent work, everyone, joining in on the chat. But what I will say is I apologise to the other 161 countries that have no idea about these children's programmes that listen to our podcast. Because as everyone knows, our podcast, if I haven't mentioned it enough, has been downloaded in 162 countries. We're just heavily focusing on a really niche point in time of British children's television. So... Sorry to everyone that doesn't have a clue. Well, that's a good point. Let's move on. Let's move on. Well, it, we're staying on Instagram for a little moment, if you if you don't mind. We had some more wonderful feedback. Oh. Yeah. And Sarah, our mission is it's happening. It's all happening right now, okay? Because we had a lovely message from Lulabelle2580, and she said they've got a big family holiday plan to Jamaica. And her sister, whose baby's going to be five months old when they go, was a bit concerned about HIV being spread from a mosquito bite. Now, Lulabelle, 2580. I feel that's her pin number and you've just released it to the whole world. Well, it's her Instagram handle, Sarah. I don't think I've released it to the whole world. I think she has. I realised as I said that, that's not true. So what Lulabelle had said to her was, go and listen to the sex episode. And she said, safe to say, she is now fully aware of how HIV can be transmitted. And she just wanted to say again how much she loves our podcast and walking is not the same because she's caught up on it all and she likes to binge listen. Then she's just watching Pride, the film Pride, Sarah, because we recommended oh, it. Good work. Yep. And then she just said, thank you. Just thank you. But how amazing that she helped get someone else HIV educated because she saw that they were concerned and went, no, nope, you don't need to worry. Go and listen to this. It's all happening, Sarah. That is exactly why we started the podcast. She's like a model listener. Everybody yeah. else. That's the standard you've got to read. Yeah, take note, everyone. Take note. Harsh. Yeah. <laughs> Look at us holding everyone to like, what are you doing? Guys, what are yeah. you doing? Who have you sent it to this week? Come on, let us know. Yeah, maybe that's not fair. Yes, you'll all be able to read the full comment, actually, because I'm going to be posting it up. It, it should already actually be on our Instagram grids because I'm going to post it up tomorrow. And obviously we're recording today. This goes out Friday. So you'll see the full message. Anyway, so that is News Corner. Instagram corner this week. What is it? Lefty Lucy, righty tighty. Righty, yeah. Does everyone do that, do you think? That Because I said that to people before and they've looked at me like I'm bananas. But anything that screws up is lefty Lucy, righty tighty, right? Just to explain, we just had a moment there. Now we've probably completely jumped what we're talking about. We just had a moment where I'm trying to tighten up my microphone. As everyone knows, my microphone's terrible. I have to hold it right up to my mouth like I'm some sort of crazy sports commentator. But yes, I was trying to tighten it and I said to Sarah, yeah, like lefty Lucy, righty tighty. You're right, Sarah. I say that. Anyone else say that? I think I think everyone says that, don't they? Also, if there are any podcast microphone manufacturers that listen and would like to gift us... Please. A new microphone. That would be amazing. 
Yeah, my, my microphone is terrible and often cuts out. So if I hold it too far away, you'll notice in the earlier episodes, I wasn't holding this in front of my face. Someone asked me why I had a fan in front of my face the other day. And I said, no, no, that's just my enormous microphone. A fan like a, like a, not like an actual person. Oh, no, like a, that's the noise of the wind. Like We've gathered wind together. Fan. Everybody that messages you on Instagram, come, come to hear me record. No, the only fans I have today, I've got Jimbo and Big Tiny in with me today. Rita's somewhere else. Okay, fantastic. Well, should we get started? Let's. Oh, oh, yes. In your, and I'm going to mention this because you said it last week. Would you describe it as juicy? <laughs> should we get into the juicy no, of this episode? That, that wasn't a good description. It was a mistake, wasn't it, Sarah? I just got overexcited because we'd finished. Hey, let's go. Mini series. Welcome back to another mini series. Unintentional miniseries, but let's get started. So we should do a disclaimer. I should think you should do the disclaimer, but I'll tell you why now. Edit it how you wish. So this episode features children affected by HIV, which some of our listeners may find upsetting. Okay, sorry. I thought there was going to be more. I paused because I thought there was more. No, I'm I'm literally doing your job for you. Well, I can always put something at the start if you'd like. So if you're listening now and you already heard that disclaimer because I've re-recorded it and put it at the start, then you're welcome for hearing me talk even more. So for the next five episodes, we are looking at Romania, in particular, Ceausescu's children, as they're known. His children? Are you going to try and make me say this again? Ceausescu's. Sorry, it's just every time I keep talking over you, so you say it, go on. Okay, in particular, Ceausescu... Right, now see, this is what you've started. This is your own fault. For the next five episodes, we're looking at Romania, in particular, Ceausescu's children, as they're known. Ceausescu... Look, I'm going to say it again. In particular... You're going to have to date all this. It's a really serious subject, Jess. In particular, Ceausescu's children, as they're known. Okay, well done for getting to the end of that. Don't leave that in because this is serious. We do not want to be seen to be messing around with a dictator's name. The subject, it's just your pronunciation or lack thereof, you know? Anyway, first of all, we need to credit the person that brought this to our attention. His name is Stephen Doyle. He's a photographer. He's been working on a project for photographing HIV positive people, which is how we became aware of his work. But he's worked on lots of other projects in the past. He's worked with lots of famous people. And they will put a link up to his website. And he got in touch with us to ask if we'd ever looked into Romania in the 80s and the number of children diagnosed with HIV. And he explained a bit more to us about the history and his own involvement. I'm so glad he got in touch. As you know, our DMs are always open to suggestions of topics. And that's exactly so. Stephen had listened and he was like, right, have a look at this. And it was fascinating, wasn't it? I mean, I don't know much about it because, as you all know, I don't go into it. Sarah does that. But the, the small snippets that I had seen, I had just never heard of this. No, nor had I. And originally, this was just intended to be one episode and it just grew and grew the more we looked into what happened back in the late 80s. And all five episodes of the five in total, all of them are inspired by him. And I'm so grateful that he got in contact with us. Little, <laughs> little nodding dog there. It's like, yes. Oh, yes. And he, he actually linked us up with um, Eliane Bex as well, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yes, that's very true, actually. I'd forgotten about that. Now, we are talking about children. And last time we featured a child, this is not quite true, actually. Well, actually, you know, it is, isn't it? Last time was Ryan White and you got very emotional because of the way he was treated. So advanced disclosure to everyone. We're talking about children, this time in orphanages and institutions. Oh, so this is going to be a, a rough, a rough one. Let's, you know, it's not, it's not all japery, is it? Just before we start, though, I have to tell you that Jimbo is Romanian. Is he? Oh, I 
very nice from Romania. That's your dog. Yes. But yes. Yes, my dog is um, remaining. He was rescued from a kill shelter. He was going to, he was literally about to be put down. There's nothing wrong with him, but obviously there are a lot of street dogs out there. Um, and he was rescued from a kill shelter. And now he lives in my house and terrorizes pigeons. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Let's move on. I felt that you were just like, I don't know what to do with this information. Let's just, no, no, thank you. Well, I really didn't. I didn't realize he was from Romania, though. So he's probably cringing at my pronunciation of the dictator's name, but there you go. Yeah, he looks horrified. Um, all except one of the people we feature had no links that I'm aware of with Romania. So there is there's a heartwarming element to these episodes because they are, you know, there are some truly good people out there that recognise that their skills were needed in a country that was struggling. And they all helped, not because they had to, but because they wanted to. So it's not all doom and gloom. I'm, I am braced for it because, yeah, we knew it was. It, this would be not a... It, it's not one of the most lighthearted ones we've done. No, it's not. Okay, so 1989, there was an HIV epidemic in Romania, as there was in many other places around the world. However, Romania was different because their epidemic was amongst children, predominantly children in hospital or orphanages. So at one point... 94% of Romania's HIV cases were in children under the age of 13. Are you joking? No. Why don't we know about this? Why have I never heard of this? Because that's a really shocking statistic. I know. I felt the same when I found out. I was like, we've never really talked about Romania. I've not heard of this before. I haven't in conjunction with HIV. Absolutely not. Oh, okay, go on. You've got me. You've got my attention. Can I also say, I feel like we're also perpetually shocked in this podcast. Is there ever an episode where we're both not completely shocked by something? <laughs> That's very true. Okay, well, we're going to look at what was going on. Why so many children were in hospital or orphanages? How did they contract HIV and what became of them? First of all, we need to understand the regime in Romania. So Romania was a communist country. Its leader was Nicolae Ceausescu under the communist regime that he was in charge of, abortions and forms of contraception were banned unless women had given birth to five children. Are you joking? No. What? Oh, why? Is, was he just trying to really populate the country? Yes. So the policies no. are designed to raise the birth rate. But in reality, all it meant is that lots of babies were abandoned after birth. Whether, you know, a pregnancy is wanted or not, apart from sort of the emotional impact that that can have, just financially caring for a child is so expensive. Yeah, it is. And many of these children were institutionalised in orphanages. And I do remember news reports about orphanages being filled with children. And some of them were also um, kind of housed, for want of a better word, in state-run hospitals. Yeah, I remember seeing those those news reports. That that's, that's the part I remember. Orphanages and being full of children. And that was an issue. But again, I don't ever remember HIV being linked to it. Don't. I mean, the government had to create state-run institutions, but they're overcrowded, understaffed. And really, they failed to meet even the most basic needs of the children they cared for. So that's the first issue. A lot of children, nobody to care for them. Oh, this is really sad already. It is really sad. Oh, I can know. Can we just stop? Can we just stop now? <laughs> I just want to go. Remember, it gets better. Okay. I'm hanging out for that. Second issue is that Romanian leaders refused to recognise HIV. So doctors were barred from discussing or diagnosing the virus. So when infants started dying, it's attributed to things like respiratory illness. 
we know why they were so reluctant to attribute it to HIV? They just didn't want to acknowledge it. I mean, I suppose if you're living in a dictatorship like that, they they decide what information is real and allowed and disseminated and which information isn't shared. Yeah, that's exactly it, isn't it? That's the very point of, you know, being in a dictatorship. Uh, the third issue is that blood transfusions weren't screened and medical equipment wasn't sterilised. Makes sense. As in not make sense that that happened, but as in how how HIV would spread. Yeah, but that doesn't really answer why so many children contracted HIV because, you know, they couldn't all have needed blood transfusions. So there was a practice in Romania at the time to try and reduce the children's malnourishment and anemia. So these are children that are tied to their cots all day, no clothes, they have very little food, virtually no medical care. So to try and overcome some of their issues, staff would inject the children with a microfusion of whole blood every day. Is that sort of in lieu of food? I think it's to help them have better immunity, yes. Right, okay. Okay, now the blood they're using is unscreened. The same needle is used for each child without being sterilised in between. I know it sounds barbaric, but it is. But they believed that doing so would boost immunity. Ironically, it did the exact opposite, but it was done in good faith, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah. The the intentions were good. I was just going to say the same thing as you, the, the absolute irony of this. Yeah. So records show that it wasn't unusual for children to receive 120 injections over a four-week period. Each child? For children to receive, yeah. Yeah, each child. No, they're being injected kind of Delete. every single day. So that sounds like multiple times a day for some of these poor children. To be, if you were being injected that many times yeah. every period of four weeks, that would have to be multiple times in a day, right? Yeah. And I do wonder how how long were needles used for? Because obviously needles get more and more blunt, don't they? The more you use them, so actually it probably been very painful as well. Now, obviously, they didn't have a lot of medical equipment, so you'd think, well, where did they where did they get all the blood from? Where did they get the blood from? Okay, two sources. Firstly, from sailors and tourists. So the Black Sea coast. That's the gateway in and out of Romania for trade uh, and people as well. And so you've got lots of people donating blood because they know Romania has very little. Do they donate for free or is it like a paid programme? To be honest, I don't know. I hope it was free and they were doing it because they thought they were doing a good thing. But there's another kind of more sinister reason why they had so much kind of spare blood available. And that's to do with the communist regime. So Donating blood seen as a moral obligation, but blood was also used as a bribe in return for favours. So if you wanted papers processed, for example, you could donate blood to speed the process up. Or you could donate blood if you didn't have any food in return for some free meals or a day or two of work. It was kind of a currency. So exactly. also earn you driver's licence, you wanted a student visa, you're after a job. It's considered... A method of gain because they were using it so much in the orphanages is that why it became such a valuable thing yeah I think it probably is yes because they were using quantities for all of these children but also in the I suppose they were in short supply anyway the hospitals really didn't have a lot of anything yeah and you could donate blood regardless of your own status so that wasn't checked the blood wasn't screened for anything right okay so this is almost like the perfect storm isn't it oh definitely yeah yeah, without a doubt. And all of that is why so many children contracted HIV. I mean, yeah, you'd now. have like, every child in an orphanage, right? If you've got 
blood that's positive and also you're not changing the needle and you're injecting children that many times in a day. Mm. I mean, it's it's a no-brainer that something like that would happen, isn't it? Yeah. And it's believed children were being infected as early as 1985, but because people weren't allowed to talk about it, it didn't come to light until around 1989. A long time, isn't it? It is, yeah. So by the year 2000, 60% of Europe's paediatric HIV cases were in Romania, mostly in children that lived in institutions. And of the 12,559 cases of HIV registered in Romania in 2002, 9,936 were in children. Two and a half thousand of those children had already died. That's not a nice statistic. No, it's an awful statistic, isn't it? And I've got some stats so we can compare it to kind of how the UK was doing at the time, which I think puts it into perspective even more Yeah, because that number is high. There was also a particular dominant strain of HIV called, they called it subtype F, and it was almost unique to Romania. So by 1989, questions are being asked. Where's this strain come from? Why is it showing up in all of these children? Why are so many children diagnosed and very few adults? So how were they diagnosed? Sorry, you, you might we might be about to talk about this, but do we know how how they started diagnosing the children, or is this are we going to talk about that later on? Uh, we're going to talk about that later on, and I won't ruin it now. I'll let you continue. So to compare it to the UK, so figures in the UK, you can't do like for like because the stats are recorded in different ways. In two thousand and two, in the UK, there is an estimated forty nine and a half thousand adults living with HIV, fifteen thousand unaware of their infection and that year there were 5,500 new diagnoses. In Romania as we've said they've only got 12,000 cases. Their population is 21 million and they've got about two and a half thousand HIV positive adults. UK population in the same year 59 million and we've got 49 and a half thousand positive adults. So essentially Romania's population is just one third of the UK, but their adult HIV rate is much lower than ours. So if it was going to be in proportion, you'd expect it to be around kind of 16 and a half thousand. Yeah. And that in itself is interesting. Why were so few adults contracting HIV there? And and was it just that it was the children that had it and then many didn't actually get to live into adulthood? I don't know. I know. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? So if you look at the stats and you try and compare like to like, you would think that Romania's adult HIV infection rate would be much higher than ours because infection control is so poor, but it's not. If you look at paediatric infection rates, it's much harder to do because UK stats prior to 2012, they're either not publicised or they're not openly available. But what we do know is that up until 2012, 12,640 children were born to UK positive mothers. 820 of those children tested positive and the total number of positive children is estimated around 2,200. That's going to include those who um, have contracted by blood transfusion and those that have come in to the country from somewhere else. And of course, our stats get much better after 2012 and the number of children drops dramatically until now when it's very close to zero, I would say. And that's because of the NHS routinely screening for HIV in pregnant mothers. So you can see that the UK, far more adults infected than children, and the reverse happened in Romania. Never going to make a statistician, you know. I don't like 
I admire that you've even managed to get that far because I'm like trying to keep up like so many figures like, mm, yes, population size, percentage, what? I know. I know. It's the part of my job I hate the most anything to do with stat. You know, whenever, whenever anybody says, can we have some statistics for that? I'm like, really? Do I have to dig into our stats? And oh, uh, it has I reckon that's going to be added to your job description. Absolutely not. To the new person's job description. Oh. <laughs> Whoever you are out there, remember that stats are your remit. Yes, not for the podcast, just as as the deputy CEO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it is it is useful to have that comparison though, because otherwise, yeah. where are we at? You know. Yeah, definitely. And that's it. I'm not going to bombard you with any more information for this week because. We're going to look at what happened next, but we're going to do it in next week's episode because Romania did turn this around thanks to two very committed doctors. And we'll also look at what happened to the children. So you've got through the worst of it, Jess. Well done so far. Oh, it still was really sad, though. I couldn't, when I was pulling this together, I could not dwell on the children too much. And I know the whole point of it is it's Romania's children, but I just, I just couldn't. Yeah. It breaks my heart to think that children were living in that environment with kind of no love and no attention and it's just I think we're all aware of how things were in Romania at that time so we don't need to push that too hard yes yeah 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 but it's um that was really interesting and a very good opening segment to our to our Romania episode I'm excited to to find out more about this actually so fascinating I know and it still shocks me that we how did it's I just don't think it's still talked about now, is it? I don't know. No. I haven't heard anyone mention it at all. And we work in the HIV sector. Now, I know we often say that, you know, we haven't heard things being mentioned. But genuinely, I mean, I've never heard a correlation between children in orphanages in Romania or anywhere. And, and there being this like mass, you know, HIV epidemic. I know. I know. I mean, when I was, because I was lucky enough to kind of meet Stephen virtually and to hear kind of firsthand what happened out there. And I felt for a lot of our meeting, I was just like, what? Did it? Is, are you really? I'm such an idiot. Couldn't even string a sentence together without going, but hold on. Surely we would have, somebody would have, yeah, exactly like I'm doing now. He's used to that reaction. And I bet that's why, I mean, I'm so glad he brought it to us, but I bet that's why he's like, no, you need to look into this because people need to know about it. But yeah, thank you, Stephen. I am already looking forward to part two. I might bring some chocolate digestives, though, to part two. Oh, I cannot tell you the amount of large chocolate buttons that I got through when putting this together. I mean, a very high volume of chocolate, so, but it does help. Yeah, yeah, it all helps. Well, I'll bring biscuits, you bring buttons, and we'll get through this together, okay? Excellent. I'm hoping if I mention chocolate buttons enough, Cadbury's chocolate buttons, they're going to hear about this. They're going to gift us some. Come on. You think? Shall I? T- I'll tag them. We'll, we'll literally cut this into a little thing. Tell me, Sarah, why you love chocolate buttons so much. Because they're the best chocolate on the planet, Jess. And does it have to be the big ones? Oh, gosh, Yes. They're, yes, no, not the little ones. I can't. Oh, I don't want to say anything negative. They're not going to like that. The big ones offer Sarah. It's just a bigger treat in your mouth. Oh, actually, the, it's got no so weird. Cadbury's are like no thanks, absolutely not, Sarah and Jess. No, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. I'll see you for a big treat in your mouth next week. <laughs> 
Thanks for listening to the HIV podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can now also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the HIV podcast for behind the scenes insights and videos. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.